0: So guys, um, yeah, I, was, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I just really sense there's something that God's doing, here. and um, it's just uh, awesome when He stirs us for His presence. It's so awesome when He still stirs us for His presence. Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone? no but i really feel like god's doing something and and um i don't really know how this message is going to come out but uh even like i was sitting there i just feel like i just had like a a, like a picture like a sense of like we're going to go into a time where we're just uh, going to be overwhelmed by the presence of god and um i was just remembering a years ago just like having these like random off-the-cuff like prayer meetings and worship times and just being overwhelmed by the presence of God and um, I don't know why but I just sense like there's this invitation for us to just go into a season of just being totally overwhelmed by His presence and Father I just pray that this morning you are just come Father, we just love your presence. We just honor your presence in our midst, Lord. Just so aware we're And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just do something in our hearts, to still our hearts, Father. pray you would just, this would be a significant moment this morning where, Father, you just cause a hunger to be birthed in our hearts, Lord. If you want that, just place your hand in your heart. Father, just pray, create in me a new hunger for your presence, a desire for your goodness, a desire to be in your presence, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you haven't called us just to just to be good people or do nice things, Father, but you've called us to carry your presence, Lord. And I pray that as we as we just... Encounter you this morning, Father, you do something in our hearts, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. I've never read the scripture before, but I just found it in, in Worship 2 Kings 4. It talks about Elijah and the widow, and I just, I just want to go with it. And it said, Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophet cried to Elijah, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and, that you, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in your house? And she said, the servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. Then go in, shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full she said to her bring me another vessel and he said to her there's not another then the oil stopped flowing she came and told the man of god and he said go sell the oil and pay your debts you and your sons can live on the rest and um i've never read the scripture i've read the other other story about elijah and, and the widow and the oil and the flower but um i just got a sense of like that here's this woman and she's in such desperation her husband has died She's got these creditors. They literally, it's like the enemy's coming to steal, kill and destroy. He's already killed. Now he's coming to destroy. She comes to the, the, the prophet, which in that time represents the presence of God. And she says, like, what must I do? And, and he says, what do you have? And she says, I've got nothing except a jar of oil. I just thought that's so profound because in the Bible, like oil is a, is a picture of worship. It's like a picture of like, just our adoration for the Father. She just sit and he says, go and get these vessels, get these empty vessels, borrow from your neighbours, don't get too few, shut the door and pour into these vessels. and It's just this beautiful picture of her like taking this, like the most precious thing that she has, like the only thing that she has, and she just begins to pour it out. And as she begins to pour it out, and begins to fill these borrowed jars. She doesn't even have anything of her, of it of her own to pour into. And it just it's just like there's like this abundance and overflow. And then when there were no more vessels, it says, then the oil stopped flowing. And just like a sense of like, wow, what a what a beautiful prophetic picture of you know sometimes God needs to bring us to the end of ourselves and we have got nothing left but just our worship. And we just go in and we shut the door and we just pour out our worship. And maybe we don't even have we don't you know we've only got emptiness that we can pour our pour our oil into our worship into. We only have like. You know we don't even have resources we don't have abundance there's like every you know what we're pouring ourselves into is is, is borrowed things and empty things but there's an incredible picture here of just this incredible overflow. as a oil was poured out into these jars just there was an abundance and when there was nothing left to fill the oil stopped flowing and then she came to the man of god and said and he said go and sell the oil pay your debts you and your sons can live on the rest Like, there's this abundance. And I feel like sometimes we just live um, so aware of our our own abundance and our own success and everything that we have, and we actually miss the essence of just being people who just... The one thing that we have, the most precious thing that we have, is our worship of God. And um, that wasn't in my notes, so... um, I really just feel like he's just inviting us to that place of one thing. He's inviting us to a place of one thing, guys. Like, and as I was preparing that, just like praying, I realized for myself that I was, this week, I was like, wow, this is like the first time I'm doing this. This is the first time I'm just sitting down and just worshiping and praying. And um, It's got such a sense that, you know, God's not after people who have an agenda, you know, and I hope, like I've got this message to bring, I'm going to come to God and worship Him. You know, He just wants our hearts. And, um, you know, I'm just aware that, like, we're so full of stuff and full of things and full of, um, you know, we've got all our ducks in a row, but sometimes it's like the Father just wants to break through. He just wants that worship. And, um, you know, there's an incredible story of Mary and Martha. And um, I think a lot of us know it, but um, I only felt drawn to the story. Because it's such a beautiful picture of two two women and two hearts. And it's in Luke 10, 41. Um, yeah, my prayer is really that just, whatever I say today, we just like they would just encourage and like stir up a hunger in your heart so just pray that God stir up a hunger in your heart is anyone up for that
1: yeah.
0: are you guys with me yes Mary and Martha as they went on their way Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching but Mar- Martha was distracted with much serving. She went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen a good portion, which will not be taken away from her. It's like one thing. There's only one thing he's after is our hearts. He's just after that posture of sitting in his presence. And I love when that says that Martha was distracted. At least she was distracted with serving. You know, I get distracted a lot with a lot of other stuff. And when she goes to Jesus and she confronts Him, He says, you are anxious and troubled about many things. You know. When you're anxious, anxious and troubled about many things, you can just throw yourself into serving. Or doing it, or being distracted rather than sitting at his feet and allowing his voice to be and to shape you, to speak into the, to cut to the roots of our anxiety and fear and things that trouble us. And I, I just find it incredible that like we live, in a, we live in a time where there's been no greater access to information, there's been no greater access to um, be connected, yet we live in a time where... Anxiety in the West has never been higher. You know that like there's a crisis of anxiety. We're living in a time when the ability of our world and our stuff to satisfy it is being shown for what it is, and we can no longer live lives being immersed in more and more stimulation. Our senses have been dulled by being overstimulated. The the solutions of the secular world to satisfy the cravings of the human soul are being revealed for what they are. There is a hunger for a satisfaction of the soul for being fully known. Does that resonate with you guys? We've never had more access to information and the ability to have more notifications in our lives. Yet the more we know, the less we realize we actually know. Because the problem is that information doesn't Information alone doesn't bring transformation. And, you know, the world we're living in is... It's like, you can know more, you can be more connected, you can have more resources, yet, like, it's like the cracks. I just sense, like, the cracks in the world and the world's ability to satisfy and the world's ability to deliver its promises are being shown. I think that's a good point. Is we're living in a time where we've never had more ways to tell the time. Yet we live in a time where people cannot tell the time we're living
1: oh, in. Wow.
0: Like, just think about it like the world's going the world like people don't understand the times we're living in. People are like what's like why Trump? Why Brexit? Why, why is it? Why can we no, no longer have the ability to sell a man from a woman? Or to not offend someone by with what we call them, you know? We are reaping what we have sown with our campaign of ultimate freedom. And doing whatever feels good to you. Like the, the sowing of, like we're reaping. Just live for, live for pleasure, live for freedom. Do whatever feels good to you. And what is that? What, is that, what, what are we reaping? Anxiety, fear... Confusion. That's the world we're living in. And it's amazing what Jesus said. Luke twelve. He said he said to the crowd, When you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say it's gonna rain, and it does. And when the and when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot and it is. Hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? And I just sense like this call where God's saying, like, come back to this place in my presence. And this invitation to just be shaped by knowing Him and being known by Him. It's like being a people who know the times that we live in. And we called to carry the presence of God in this time. And you guys might be familiar with this verse in 1 Chronicles twelve thirty-two. It talks about the men of Issachar. And it says, From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Or men who understood the signs of the times knew the best course for israel to take and there's a real sense like God stirring something in our hearts that we become a people who knows presence that we don't just know like the patterns of the weather patterns but we actually understand the times we're living in and we understand what it looks like for the kingdom to come and shape the culture around us and i believe prophetically we're living in a time where the words of malachi will be known malachi 4 5 and 6 it says behold i will send you elijah the prophet this is actually talking about jesus before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of children to their fathers. And I really sense what the Spirit's doing. is just like He's bringing us back to that place of being known by the Father, and being known as those who father and mother. And the world's actually in a crisis of fatherlessness. You see, it's only fathers and mothers who can impart identity and destiny. We're living in a day where the fruits of fatherlessness is being shown in our lack of identity and purpose. If you think of all the, all the issues that we're dealing with today, mostly it's about a lack of identity and a lack of purpose, a lack of reason, a lack of meaning. And that's, that's what a father does. A father unlocks a sense of purpose and destiny in a child. A mother comes and brings the sense of belonging and identity. And I really feel like for some of us... Um, like God's doing something by Spirit that is going to just seal that, that place of sonship in our hearts again. And I feel like for some of us, God, like the, what the Spirit wants to do this morning is just like He wants to reveal, like, actually, we call called to be fathers and mothers. Like, some of us might not have children, and I'm not talking about just uh, like an earthly sense, but we actually call to father and mother those around us. We're called to be resources for those around us. We're called to be those who give our life to pour our life into other people. Yeah. And I feel like what the enemy's done is he's tried to keep us so busy and so distracted and so caught up in our own stuff that we forget that we're actually meant to be living for other people. And that's why I love that story of Elijah because it's like this woman she's like grasping onto this last piece of oil and last last bit of oil, and as she goes and she just you yeah. know pours it out, there's like an overflow and she's allowed, she, it, it helps her settle her debts and she can live off that and there's a place of overflow in the spirit that God wants to bring us into where we can exist for more than ourselves and I was, when I was preparing this message I was reminded about the story in Ezekiel 47 and I've never actually read that passage fully even though I know the kind of know the story and I really feel like it's a prophetic picture for us so I want to read it and just pull out one or two things and then we'll see where we go from there I don't want to be too long um but it's an incredible prophetic picture of the temple in Ezekiel 47. If you've got it, you can bring it up. Um, because I feel like there's something in this about the flow of the Spirit and the move of what God's doing. Um, so let, let me, I want to read the passage from verse 1 to 12. So just follow it with me. It says, so this is Ezekiel and he's having this incredible vision and encounter with the Lord. And it's like chapters and chapters long. And then it says, so Ezekiel talking about the Lord. It says, Then he, the Lord, brought me back to the door of the temple, and behold, water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me out by the way of the north gate, and he led me around on the outside to the outer gate that faces toward the east. And behold, the water was trickling out on the south side. Going on eastward with a measuring line in his hand, the man measured a thousand a thousand cubits, it's about four hundred and fifty metres, and then led me through the water and it was ankle deep. And again he measured a thousand and led me through the water and it was knee deep. Again he measured a thousand and led me through the water and it was waist deep. Again he measured a thousand and, and it was a river that I could not pass through, for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in, a river that could not be passed through. And he said to me, of man, have you seen this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. As I went back, I saw on the bank of the river very many trees on the one side and on the other. And he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into Arabah, and enters the sea, actually enters the Dead Sea. When the water flows into the Dead Sea, the water will become fresh or the water will be healed. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be very many fish. For this water goes there, that the waters of the sea may become fresh. So everyone will live where the river goes. Fishermen will stand beside the sea, from Engedi to Inner It will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be of very many kinds, like the fish of the Great Sea. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh, they are to be left for salt. And on the banks of both sides of the river there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they, they will bear fruit, fresh fruits every month because the water from them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Incredible picture. And what I love about it is, as it starts, he's at the temple and it, and it says this water is like coming under the door and it's going east. And it's quite amazing because like the journey east is the journey of Adam and Eve like out of the garden. It's like the journey out of God's presence was east. And this is amazing because now the presence of God is going from the temple and it's going east. It's following, they left the presence of God and now the presence of God is leaving the temple and going east. It's, it's an incredible, incredible prophetic picture. And then he goes and he says, it's, an, it's ankle deep, it's knee deep, it's waist deep, it becomes river. And you know, there's something about the presence of God and the glory of God that the further it goes away from the temple the deeper it gets the deeper the further it goes away from the temple the deeper it gets and there's a sense of like God wanting to do something in our hearts and pour out his spirits but it's not just the sense of like we're going to stay right by the temple and the, and the, and like the tabernacle but we're actually going to go and as we go, the river and the presence of God is going to get deeper. And it eventually becomes a river. And that river be- brings life. And I really feel like the, the picture of that is, you know, saying, God, like, we need your presence. We love your presence. But it can't just be for us. Yeah. And we are the living temples of God. Wherever we go, the presence of God goes deeper. And eventually it becomes a river. And I love the fact that it just goes east. It follows the people who left the presence of God. It's like the presence of God is always harming us. It's always following us. It's like we are those people who carry the presence of God and are to go after those who've left His presence, who broke and who are hurting, who have gone their own way and actually take the river that brings life to them. Amen. Amen. And I love it says... And it enters the Dead Sea. When the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh or the water will be healed. And there's something about us as people carrying the presence of God that as we go into the world, we bring we refreshing bring and we bring a healing. And I, I, I don't know a lot about water, but the fact that that river goes into a massive body of water, being a sea, and it actually brings freshness to the sea, it's a profound picture. And there's something about us where God's calling us to be people so saturated in His presence that we just bring a freshness and a healing wherever we go, no matter how big the sea. Wow. Wow. And sometimes you know god takes us to the place that's completely dead and barren you know the dead sea and you think like what's going to happen there's the rivers of water flow it brings life and where, wherever the river goes every living creature that swarms will live and there'll be very many fish and there's something about like an abundance you know there's that abundance over our lives that we are called to give away to others there'll be very many fish there'll be trees on the banks Fishermen will stand beside the sea. It will be a place for the spreading of the nets. And I feel like God's calling us to spread our nets. And He's calling us to have a vision to go eastward and to go to the dead places. And I love that it says in verse 11, its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. Because the problem with the swamp and the marshes has got no outlet. there's always a flow in the spirits there's always a flow but when there's no flow it becomes dead and sometimes i think we just keep things to ourselves and we can get swampy and marshy but god's calling there to be a flow in our lives jesus said everyone who drinks of this water will never be thirsty again but whoever drinks of the water i will give him will never be thirsty again the water that i i will give him will become in him a spring of water The water that God has given you will become in you a spring of water. In John 7 he says, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Or out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You see, it's from the place of the heart, the place of our affections and trust, that the streams of living water flow. And what does Proverbs 4.23 say? Above all God, the affections of your hearts, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the well, welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. And that's why God's calling us to be a people of one thing. Because when you guard the affections of your heart, it's from your heart that the streams of living water flow. It's from your heart that there's a flow. And you know there are places in our hearts that we don't trust Him with. It's like we have these insecurities that we cling on to for security. I know I do. We have those areas in our hearts we are holding on to and those things we avoid dealing with <coughs> because we believe if we really give it over to Him He may expose us and re- reveal our frailty and our weakness. But you know what He says? His grace is made perfect in weakness. His strength is perfected in our weakness. And He's not calling for people who have it all together. He's actually just looking for I, th- I think Paul says jars of clay. Like just empty vessels like a was showing a few weeks ago just like the water that he turned into wine it was like the ceremonial cleaning water it was dirty it doesn't doesn't matter what state you're in as his river flows into your heart into the dead places in your heart it brings refreshing and healing as the deer pants for streams of water so my soul pants for you my God my soul thirsts for God for the living God when can I go and meet with God? just love what it says about um it says about mary i looked it up this is like the direct translation of the greek one thing is necessary and and one thing mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her there's an amazing story when um, mary and martha when jesus comes to um Comes to their town in Bethany. So this is later on. I think it's later on. And Lazarus, their brother Lazarus, has died. And Jesus, Jesus comes. Luke twelve. So John twelve. Are you guys with me? John eleven. He comes and Lazarus has died and it's amazing to watch the reaction of Mary and Martha it says when Jesus came he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles off and many of the Jews had come to Mary and Martha to console them concerning their brother so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming she went and met him but Mary remained seated in the house Martha said to Jesus Lord if you'd been here my brother would not have died but even more I now know that whatever you ask from God God will give you Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, he shall live. And he carries on. And then she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God. When she had, and this is a beautiful part. It says, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, say, saying in private, The teacher is here and he is calling for you. Imagine having such a connection with Jesus that he's he's coming to raise a dead guy and he's called specifically for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When Jesus, who was in the house consoling her, uh, sorry, when the Jews who were in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her. Supposing she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was, she saw him, fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. And it's amazing because Mary and Martha both said the exact same words to Jesus. But one of them moves his heart and the other one doesn't. Martha said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And Mary said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And you get a sense like Martha was saying, Lord, if you'd just been here, you would not have died. But Mary, it says, she ran and she fell at his feet. And like I was reading that, it's like, lord if you had been here you would not have died you know there's an amazing scripture in psalm 103 it says god made known his ways to moses and his deeds to the people of israel it's like with mary and martha mary knew the ways of god of jesus martha just knew his deeds that word way in that in that scripture about moses means distance journey manner or road by conversation a course of life or mode of action like Martha when we live from a place of only knowing the actions of Jesus it produces a life of serving that is based on anxiety and being troubled the, the nature or the manner of God is only learned by going the distance with Him He's after those who are journeying with Him and I really feel like there's something in God, that He's just inviting us to be those people of one thing. I love it that it says, Jesus came and Mary was still sitting. She was weeping. When Jesus had come to them earlier in the house, it says Martha was serving, and Mary was sitting at the f- feet of Jesus. And there's something about Mary, she had this posture of just sitting and being, knowing. And when Jesus called her, it says she rose quickly like there was a there was something she just knew the importance of the words of jesus and then it continues in john 12 and then it talks about they gave a dinner and then it says this so they gave a dinner for lazarus for jesus martha served she still keeps serving and lazarus was one of those reclining at the table mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment paid from pure nard, and anointed the feet of jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the bed and it's just this picture of mary just being over and over again just pouring her like pouring that oil out on the feet of jesus moving the heart of jesus And i just feel like he he wants to really stir our hearts to be those people who are just moved for jesus we just find that time to sit at his feet Whatever oil we have left is to pour it out on him. There's an amazing verse in Jeremiah that says They have forsaken me the spring of living water and dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And it's like this is picture of like we either get to live from the spring of living water, or we get to live from our broken like cisterns, cracks. That can't hold water. And God said, like you've called to be a, a people that not only hold water, but you have a flow of water and you bring healing and reflect, refreshing to others. And sometimes we just get into life where we forsake the spring of living water and we try to live in that place of our own abilities and our own resources. And he's just inviting us to be a people that out of our hearts will flow rivers of living water. So Father, I just ask that, as we sit here, You would just do something in our hearts. Maybe Colin can just... Well, maybe let's just stand and for a bit. I hope that was helpful, guys. Father, we just want to say that we we love your presence. Um, We just want to say, Father, we want to be a people of one thing. And in this time, Father, we just sense this trickle of your presence, this beginning of a move of the presence of God. And we just say, Father... Your presence. And I was looking earlier when you were praying, and I I saw the clock at the back of the wall, and it stopped. I just felt like for some of us we might just feel like we just stopped in time. Like there was a time when we felt like God was moving in our lives or just had a sense of purpose or a sense of the nearness of God. I just feel like for some of us it just feels like that it's like the time has stopped. And I feel like this is such a invitation from the Father to say I'm moving you I'm moving you on like it says in Psalm 23 He leads us beside still waters he restores our souls and I pray Holy Spirit that you would just can't begin to just blow in this place That's There's a picture about the river flowing into the dead sea. I just see the, the, the flow of the Spirit just flowing into dead places in our lives. Like streams in the desert. Like streams in the desert. allow the Spirit just to do a work in your heart. O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh, my body faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live your name i will lift up my hands my soul be satisfied as with fat and rich food and my mouth will praise you with my joyful lips when i remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of night for you have been my help and in the shadow of your wings i will sing for joy my soul clings to you and your right hand holds me so i just feel to just welcome you pour out your sweet, sweet presence on us this
2: morning. Um, I felt this during worship and I didn't um, really have a moment to share it. And what Deb was saying about um, just that, that cry of our hearts, like if you had been here, then this thing wouldn't happen. And I, I just felt so strongly during worship that, that the Father's doing like I a really deep work of removing disappointment from our hearts. Like, just layers of disappointment are places where we felt like the Father hadn't been there or we felt like His presence was there. And it might not even be like a conscious thing, but there's places in our hearts that are like, God, if You had been there, then um, my house wouldn't have been broken into. If you, had, if you were here, then I wouldn't be in a financial situation. If You were here, then I still, I wouldn't be sick. If You were here, then... then and I just kind feel of like there's like layers and layers of disappointment that we don't even know have built up in our hearts. And the Father's doing like a really deep work of coming in and removing those layers and like and reminding us of faithfulness and, um, and showing us maybe, maybe even he wants to like change our memories and show us where he has been with us every single moment. And he's never looked away and he's not looking away now. Father, I pray that you would come in this morning and, and wipe away layer after layer of disappointment. Father, you would open our eyes to these places where we've we've allowed this thing to settle in parts of our heart. Father, come come in and wipe it away this morning. And we we return to the assurance, Father, you are faithful. You are good. You never leave us. You never abandon us. You are not looking away from us. Your face is, is fixed on us. To, to bring them to the surface, to allow them to rise up, so that you can deal with it, so that you can, you can take it off. I see like, um, almost like uh, stuff like floating to the top of the water and then being kind like of screwed off.
0: I was reminded of the verses that Ella was sharing, and it's like that heart sickness. It's like, just see, just see this, the rivers of the Spirit. Just, it's like that heart sickness. It's like the dead sea. And there's, at, just right now, I just sense like the, just like the the lightness of the breeze, of the cooling presence of the Spirit is just flowing. And it's just beginning to just bubble up life within us. So I just want to invite you, even if, even if you... Um, you just need a touch from the, from, from, from the Lord, or you just say, God, I just long for your presence. Just, it's such an opportunity for us to respond to this. So, you know, just let's, um, let's allow the Spirit to uh, continue to move. We just say, Holy Spirit begin to unlock life. We invite you, Holy Spirit, now to just begin to unlock the life of the of Spirit. Or we just say, new life in Jesus' name life I just see like there's walls it's like it's like walls it's like like the beavers or whatever like build up these walls of just like the twigs that have gone down and it's like stuff in our lives and it's just like there's a flow of the of the river of god that's just beginning to break down those walls and to see like there's been places that have been dammed up in our lives and it's like god's just coming it's not destructive but it's just freeing does that, it's like the water begins to flow over the rocks and there's new life and there's aeration in the water and there's oxygen is. it's just a flow, so we say Holy Spirit, continue to pour out continue to pour out your presence we invite you to come and break the walls we invite you to come and just cause our hearts to be refreshed in this place, I thank you for restoration of the soul right now I thank you for new visions like he's giving some of us new new vision right now, it's like he's just enlightening our eyes Nice. This, this, this
2: is going to sound like a really strange, but I feel like we almost, done. like there's a prayer of forgiveness pray for that we need to pray, and forgiving God. <laughs> but we like He did something different to what we thought He was going to do, like letting off the I'm going to pray, and if you want to pray, you can repeat after me Father God, I forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you for doing something different to what I thought you were going to do. I release the disappointment that I've been holding against you. And I release um, this, this broken hope in my heart. And I make space for you to show me your faithfulness again. I forgive you, Father. And I say again that you are good that you are good.
0: about the river flowing into the Dead Sea. Some of us, I feel like some of us have found ourselves in those places where God has called us to the dead dead places, the barren places. For some of us that might be places He's called us to bring life to, or just to be in the season. And for others of us, it might just be places in our lives where we feel this is just deadness. Uh, just feel there's something on there where the Spirit just wants to release the life on us to bring the healing and the freshness to those places. So that's you. Uh, we love to pray with you. So, maybe just put your hand on your heart. If that, that makes sense to you, just want to pray and say, God, oh, Father, thank you, Holy Spirit, for the life right now that you unlocking father i thank you for perspective father for those dead places thank you holy spirit that as your presence comes you heal the waters and i pray that you would bring healing to the waters of our souls father and i pray father that we would be those who bring healing to the waters of right now, we just say life in Jesus' name. To any dead place in your heart, we say life in Jesus' name. To any impossible situation, we say the possibility of heaven right now. We just declare your kingdom come in Jesus' name.